Welcome to episode 24 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today is my co-host, Matt Mueller. What up, peoples? And we've brought him back, our very own Turn Up Charlie. Charlie Ridgely is back on the couch today with us. What's going on? I, I can have a lot worse nicknames than that. So I mean, I, really. I'm, I'm, happy, I'm happy with the Turn Up. Well, we call, it's, yeah, it's we call you Turn Up Charlie because like, you're very energetic. You bring yeah. a lot of energy. Things get turned up for better yeah. or worse whenever you're around. But uh, I got called Fungus one time, so it's way better than that. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> you, what that was. You called, called me Fungus. <laughs> oh, did I? Yeah. <laughs> I, try to keep this, I try to keep my subconscious <laughs> on a leash, but, you know, sometimes it gets out. Sometimes <laughs> it gets enough. out. Fair enough. But today we have a lot to talk about. We are going to be jumping into a lot of what's going on in the DC live action universe on both the movie and TV side. Then we're going to swing around and be talking about what's going on in the X-Men live action universe because there's a lot to talk about there. We're also going to get into what's going on, a major bit of casting for the new Halo TV series based on the game. And uh, last but not least, uh, I think we're going to talk about some big trailers that have just dropped and they cover a couple genres, but they're for some big anticipated films that are coming down the pike. So we're going to talk about what we saw. All right, so let's get started. And the first thing we are going to talk about is the DC Universe. We just kind of ragged on DC Universe in the last episode. We didn't with rag the, on it. Well, we didn't rag on it, but like with Disney Plus coming, we were talking about like what the fate of DC Universe has been. Yeah. But I think like a lot of us have actually been enjoying DC Universe mm-hmm. shows. A lot of us enjoy Titans. A lot of more of us are enjoying Doom Patrol. And this week we got a first look at one of the next series that's coming up, Swamp Thing. And basically, like if you haven't been following us, we're getting a Swamp Thing TV show. Um, I forget a lot of the cast uh, and who's starring in it, but uh, we got a first look. Like, yeah, yeah, my anticipation. I, I have a hard time that thinking tells about you it. About everything you need to know about this. Well, show. Abby Arcane is the girl. Um, uh, Crystal Reed. I, I was trying to think of her name. She's in Gotham. She was in Teen Wolf. Uh, she's pretty popular among fans. I know that she's in it. And that's the only one that I can tell you. Yeah. Is yeah, Crystal the important Reed. thing is we got to look this week at the actual design for yeah. Swamp Thing, who will be played by uh, Derek Mears, who has played Jason. I mean, most famously played Jason in some of the modern Friday the 13th series. And he's a big kind of creature actor. He does like a lot of things for whenever you need a big freaky guy, he's a good guy to go to. So we got to look at this new Swamp Thing, which I say looks pretty good by TV standards, which was kind of the thing I'm really was concerned about yeah. with this. Mm. Um, but it looks like Swamp Thing. It it's looks really like, uh, yeah, really good, like prosthetic design, like a very icky kind of swampy. I, I like how it looks wet yeah. and actual like swampy, not just like a rubber suit. Yeah. And so there's a very good aesthetic to that. And I think this is par for the course that DC Universe in some ways is kind of really killing it the best when it comes to like costuming and design of characters for live action, you know, after years of kind of having to make do with like the Arrowverse and the limited budget and stuff like that. Like the Titans look like the Titans, even Starfire. Um, The Doom Patrol effects have been pretty great. I mean, they have to measure out certain things because of budgeting, obviously, but they're pretty great. Um, Stargirl, we saw the first stuff from Stargirl that looked spot spot on it and like looked really good. And this probably one of the hardest to pull off and pivotal ones also looks pretty good. So I think that it got our got us a little bit more excited for Swamp Thing, but this was kind of a double-edged sword because <laughs> as soon as we saw this, we also got news that like production yeah. on the show may have been halted. Mm-hmm. We're not getting maybe as many episodes as we thought, and it just kind of leaves us in the same place of like, 
the confused, battered, yeah. the confused, slightly battered feeling of pretty much all DC live action yeah. stuff, whether it's the movie universe or the show. It just can't be seamless. It's no. just, it just feels it, it, like it can never, because like if this trailer had dropped, we would have, I think we would have left with a positive, like, oh, hey, this looks good. I wasn't necessarily caring about this series before, but hey, at least it looks promising. And then literally the same day, oh, hey, wait, there's all this back behind the scenes drama yeah. people deleting instagram posts and like all this other crazy stuff well, see I, I feel almost the opposite of it because like the reports started coming out like they started trickling the night before yeah like the real you know like the thrs like the big pieces didn't come out till the next day yeah but i was reading all those reports through the night and it was like man this it's really doomed. this really sucks like it's it felt like new mutants to me yeah. like oh no like this is a thing that's happening put a, and then, put a pin in that because we will be talking about that <laughs> a little bit and then I saw the teaser for it after all these reports, and it was like, okay, I, f- like, I feel better about this because it was. I thought yeah. it was going to be a doomed production, and then when I saw the first teaser, it's like, wait, this actually like it looks pretty this good. Looks it looks really pretty good, good yeah. and I'm excited. So, all right, we have Swamp Thing. We're hoping that what we see in the promise of the series actually makes it into something hmm. that we can watch and enjoy yeah. on DC Universe. But uh, take a fir- if you haven't seen it, take a look. We have it up on the site under our DC page. Um, it's good, to- and we have even a. We took one of the photos and kind of enhanced it so you can get a better look at all the details and whatnot. So be sure to check that out. In the meantime, we are going to move right along and talk about something that's happening in the DC movie side. And I think this is especially uh, fun for you, Matt, because it kind of nails (laughs) a couple things. John Cena is joining the Suicide Squad. Yeah, so uh, former WWE all-star John Cena, who is... Kind of, you know, really kind of found his way into acting, I would yeah. argue, having played some great comedic roles. I mean, he was hilarious in Trainwreck, that Amy oh, Schumer yeah. movie. He's oh, great yeah. in Sisters. He was great and, in Sisters. Yeah. Blockers, and, he got a real role, and he was still very funny. That with it, and he played a totally different character. And Daddy's yeah. Home, too. Like, he was entertaining. Dad, really yeah, Blockers, Daddy's yeah. Home, too, yeah. with these kind of cameos. And he even did, you know, a big franchise thing with Bumblebee, in mm-hmm. which he was yeah. a pretty entertaining character, yeah. not just, you know, the generic evil soldier type like he kind of made that his own so i think it's not so much that we have a problem with john cena or there's any debate of him we were all kind of excited when we heard that i think what we had internally the debate was how would you best utilize john cena in the context of james gunn's suicide squad movie because this movie is going to be using some pretty obscure dc comics characters and I think James Gunn's going to have a lot of fun with that idea. Yeah, like it's so promising. Yeah. So we had like – so the rumor is that he's playing a character named Peacemaker. That's the kind of overriding rumor, but it's not confirmed. No. Yeah. Ironically, um, that's the most boring, boring part one, he yeah. could play. Exactly. But it also makes the most sense, especially if Flag is not as prominent. You, you yeah. essentially swoop right. him in. And if – I'd even be okay with that because – Cena has shown he has a knack for like comedic. Just give him well, like, give us a little bit about like who Peacemaker is. Kind of uh, Peacemaker is a, actually a character from uh, the Charlton characters that were purchased like uh, a while ago. So like they've shown up in like Watchmen and some other things, kind of behind the scenes, right? Uh, Peacemaker, there's uh, crazily enough, there's not really much about him that's interesting. He's no. essentially like a guy that you know he has kind of a like a red and yellow costume, but essentially all he does is melee hand hand it's he uses weapons he doesn't really have any like abilities that kind of set him apart there's not really a ton of like personality wise either there's not a ton so he's really kind of a blank blank slate slate, for gun to really just like okay i can do whatever the hell i want with that and that's in itself kind of promising yeah um 
You know, so I mean, that's that's really all there is to him. So, which is why when we get to characters like other characters that are supposed to be in this movie are Ratcatcher, Polka, Polka Dot, Dot Man, Man, these yeah. outlandish, yeah, characters, and I'm like, oh, I could see him do any oh, yeah. one of those. But this also makes the most sense if you're gonna have a kind of sort of leader, de facto Rick Flag person, but you don't want him to be a walking exposition dump like like yeah. flag what you want somebody in right. suicide squad right uh so yeah so that's i mean i'm excited I'm i think that cena's better the zanier you kind of let him Absolutely. be so like yeah like Absolutely. people like polka dot man or king shark seeing him as a kind of heavily prosthetic or like oh, you know, king shark would yeah. be hilarious he's so ripped and yeah. physically imposing you just put anyway. a shark head on him yeah. Yeah. regular body just oh, like a man like john <laughs> cena man body with a shark head would be hilarious like that would be a hilarious thing yeah i already love it and i don't even know what yeah it is. and he would have fun with that like he's he's really good about leaning into this stuff and kind of you know he's great at self-deprecating making fun mm-hmm. of himself and kind of doing that yeah. so i mean peacemaker is the rumor but we hoping we're hoping for something a lot I'm more i'm kind of hoping for polka dot man <laughs> polka dot man me too <laughs> like, rat catcher rat yeah. catcher polka dot man one of those man King shark one Anything of those crazy it's like you, like you were talking about matt with like having that straight man like what we, what we keep like we're you know kind of glazing by is that idris elba's in this movie yeah and yeah. you know idris elba's a really really good like straight man leader type and there's talk about maybe he might play bronze tiger like that you can take over the leader role for Rick Flagg right there with Bronze Tiger, yeah. Idris Elba, yeah. and then you can let John Cena be completely ridiculous. Yes, exactly. And that would be, I think, the best scenario possible. I want him to be more the Captain Boomerang of this movie than the Rick Flag, yeah. by far. Like, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we're gonna see. We'll let you know when we get final confirmation of who John Cena is playing. In the meantime, we're gonna keep it moving, and we're gonna move over to Halo, the Showtime series that's being developed around the Halo video game. Um, it's going to star the Master Chief, and now we have an actor who's going to be playing the Master Chief, and that is, I don't want to butcher this guy's name, but Pablo Schreiber, Schreiber, Schreiber I think. who, if you don't know Pablo Schreiber, um, he goes all the way back to his breakout role in season two of The Wire, Nikki Sabaka. He's also been in like big movies like Den of Thieves he was in uh, last year with Gerard Butler and 50 Cent. He's also um, the leprechaun guy. American Gods. On American Gods. Yeah. Like, yeah. So he is a kind of really good actor. He's really good about being intense. And, you know, when you see him in The Wire, he's like a very tall, lanky guy. But if you see him in Den of Thieves, like... He's... Yeah, yeah he's swole. Like, real swole. So in American Gods, like, I mean, he just had like a whole... Not to get like weird, but he had a whole sex scene and like he had to get naked. And again, he was yeah, like, all like saw, buffed yeah. out. Like, so... Yeah, this is a good guy, I would say, for the Master Chief. And he has the kind of voice. This I was going to ask. kind of gravelly voice. voice. And he sounds intense. Like, he sounds like he sounds like he could be, like, a real intense dude from, like, Boston or something, but not with that thick accent, but just yeah. kind of, like, that edge to his voice. I mean, he comes from a, like, he's Leah Sharper's brother, right? Like, he um, comes from, like, a family of yeah. great voices. Yeah, sure. I'm almost, yeah. I'm almost positive, right? Like, that's... that's yeah, I mean, brothers. I can't confirm that. I'd have to look it up, but... Uh, I'm just more like so this this whole series is interesting to me as far as like how much of him because I mean a lot of the games you never see his face. You never see Master Chief's face. No. It's always the right. helmet. It's always the the symbol. He's more of a, you know, he's he's super mm-hmm. soldier and he's a symbol more than anything, right? So are we going to get to see like is this are we going to get to see the person explored? Are they kind of like, I'm really interested more of those things. I mean, uh, the fact that they, that they cast someone like is, as by the way, he's a half brother of Lee of Schreiber. Half brother. Yeah. Close. Um, half close. So like the fact that they cast someone who's <laughs> even remotely recognizable. Yeah. I feel like we're going to see him with the, the mask off. There's him. no way. You, I don't think you cast 
Pablo Schreiber to lead a show, and then like you just keep him in the Stick helmet the, the helmet helmet all time. No, but the thing is, like voice, presence, intensity, yeah, oh, gonna matter. That yeah. matters, yeah. and he's able to kind of really deliver those things yeah. very well. Just prepare for the internet to be pissed when the first photo of him holding the helmet and it's yeah. off. <laughs> yeah, oh, of it's gonna yeah. flock to the laptops now. He never takes it off. <laughs> like, yeah, we know how that's gonna go. But um, <laughs> this Halo, I mean, this is a big deal. I think for me, I mean, we've we don't talk about it. it it doesn't get as much buzz uh, i mean i don't know how the halo series still resonates but it, this is a big deal for the still video game deal, yeah. industry i mean this yeah. is a major show on a premium network based around a video game and if it really takes off that's a whole new lane we could talk about then you're talking about stuff like a mass effect yeah. series as opposed to a movie <laughs> which is just like now you're speaking my exactly yeah. like pff. i think with halo the reason why and it does feel kind of muted like this really should I feel have more buzz and it and it doesn't. Right. But I think Halo as a series has been. There have been so many projects teased over the last. They, what, they've been trying to eight make this years, for a yeah. long yeah. time. Movie, TV show, and all these things, and they've never materialized in anything. And so this, like, getting a casting of the lead is kind of the first real signal that, oh, yeah. hey, this is happening. I this feel like real. once we start to see images no that and first footage, concept like real yeah. of. I mean, like when Neil Blomkamp did stuff and like kind of did, you know, teasing like things over like Halo concepts. Yeah. When you finally see like an actual trailer with a real yeah. kind of battle scene, a concept, people waging it, war with gonna, these weapons against off. these then aliens. You'll see the hype yeah. kick. Yeah. Then the hype should yeah. kick in like really. Right now, strong. people are still kind of worried. I think. Yeah. Well, because just like you said, like there've there's been so many high profile like filmmakers like attached to Halo at some point. Yeah. Neil Blomkamp was all about doing it at one point. Yeah. Alex uh, Alex Garland he was they wouldn't let him. Alex yeah. Garland <laughs> who who wrote and directed Ex Machina and uh, Annihilation. Right, yeah. He wrote Dread and basically directed Dread. Like he was supposed to do this movie a long time ago. And like when you think about the crazy things he's done with Annihilation, it's like they've had some wild iterations of of what this could have yeah. been yeah. in the works at one point or another. And I'm glad we're finally getting it. Yeah. It's also just to maintain. I never could follow the storyline of those games. I just knew there were rings, there were aliens. I got a buddy that can tell me every single thing that happened, but me, I was always like, "Oh, that's cool." I was like, "I knew Yay. I had to get over this crates and yeah, shoot yeah. these guys in the head." All I know like, is like, "I'm if I can find a needler, like I'm happy." Yeah, yeah. That's all I want is if, if they have, don't have a needler in the like show, the I'll be with, so upset. The stuff with the Arbiter so was upset. always kind of cool to me. Yeah, yeah. Halo once we two, got to, like, and yeah. Reach. I love yeah, Reach, Reach because that's a very singular mm. story about a group of people. Yeah. It, it kind of reigns in some of the crazy yeah. epic. Like around Halo 3, I just, I was like checked out. I was the like, Master uh, Chief stuff is the most uninteresting part. Uh, yeah. 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 But um, hopefully the series will change all that. So that's what's going on over in the uh, video game to live action realm. Stay tuned because when we get back, we are going to break down, like I said, some of these big trailers that have dropped in the last day or so. And they cover horror, they cover action, and they cover superheroes. So be here for that. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. 
Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. All right, let's talk trailers. And we're going to start with the second trailer for the Child's Play remake. And this really is a remake more than a reboot. Um, we've talked about this a couple times on the show. The Child's Play franchise is splitting. This new film is a remake that reintroduces the entire concept. Then the Chucky series that has been going straight to DVD with the original creative team is going to become a sci-fi TV series, which sci-fi has been killing it, and we might talk about that later or not. But uh, yeah, so I'm excited to see that. But this trailer, the first trailer was really underwhelming. We talked about it when we saw it, and we're like, ugh, like, this looks more like a Flatliners <laughs> remake than a It remake. But um, this new trailer was kind of interesting for one, two facts. First, we got to hear Mark Hamill's Chucky voice, which we talked about when he was cast and kind of hoping he didn't just do a Joker voice that he recycled. And at the end of this trailer, we get a line from him, and it sounds creepy AF. Yeah, and it's not Joker. And it's not Joker. And so that was good. The second thing about this trailer that I think was different is that it revealed like what the kind of real angle, and we were speculating about this and kind of guessed it, but the real angle about this new remake and why it's coming now is, um, I don't think either, no, you, either you guys are not parents to non-fur babies. So uh, yeah, well, if you're a parent today and you're raising kids, like this whole smart toys craze is, is real. Like there are a bunch of toys that you now have to buy that are intelligent. You program them or you can set them up to do interact with different things or you know, it can be activated by putting them next, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. And it is creepy because I don't know a parent that hasn't had some of these around the house when you're just like walking around in the night trying to get something in the dark and you, <laughs> you bump or something starts talking on its own and you're like, you know, looking around. And that like, happens what? in a toy store, I get freaked. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. It happens like in a toy store. <laughs> Imagine when there's like some creepy little smiling doll like trying to talk to you in the middle of the night. So this kind of shows us the angle that the the buddy doll is not some demonic possessed thing, but it's like almost like a evil AI, and it can interact with other electronic things. Is the big selling point of this doll. So like it, it can mess with like a vehicle's navigation system or other things. It can hear you through Alexa or something yeah. like. Yeah. And that adds a new element of horror. And there was a lot of sequences in this trailer in the very quick flashes that show you how this Chucky will kill, and it isn't like as cheesy as a little doll trying to run up your legs. Yeah, Chucky can actually do some Final Destination type stuff yeah. to you and take you out while maintaining the anonymity that this doll isn't really alive or killing you, which is a new angle to it, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, so that kind of hooked me. It still looks like cheesy B-horror movie to me, but I think the kills in how this doll operates could be kind of inventive and, and well, kind of interesting. Well, that's the thing. So, like, I, I remember early on, like, we were talking about, like, that was teased, especially, mm -hmm. like, by the director and stuff. Like, hey, here's, we're kind of going with that AI, you know, being able to interact with technology and a, a message about technology today and that kind of thing. I, I remember that. But seeing the trailer and, and hearing you kind of reference it as, like, Final Destination-ish, mm -hmm. and, and that makes sense. If... 
I have a special place in my heart for Final Destination because those kills are so. It's just I don't go to see the story. I don't even know what's happening. I just know how is this dude gonna die, die on a yeah. train with a pot and a piece of tape and, and chewing gum? Like how is he gonna die? It's like weird MacGyver. Yeah, exactly. Death, right. That says so much about you, Matt. Uh, it yeah. really does. So if if Chucky can do that and use technology, like okay, there's a nest and there's a, uh, a doorbell cam. How is he going to die? Like, if I can have that kind of, like, inventive, as weird as it sounds, inventive No, I mean, this death, movie, like, yeah, inventive yeah. kills are what we like in horror. Then I mean, I'd be not, okay with it. Thing. But there's also a scene where, you know, Chucky's dragging a little knife behind him. And it's effective because of the weird screeching sound it makes. But also, like, as soon as I see that, I'm going to immediately be taken out of, like, oh, this is cool, and be like, who the hell is gonna die from this little doll with a pair of scissors? Like I'm, I'm immediately yeah, be like, kick it right yeah. in his face. I mean, yeah, like or but, run. Like, there's things like, like <laughs> but it's different. Things. Like if he drops something like a crane on you, and you're like laying on the ground, like ah, that would, yes. what is going on? And then he walks up on you with a knife, like. But if he's just chasing you, I'm like, yeah, no, that, yeah. yeah, that's the thing. I mean, the first <laughs> film had to had to do it like a lot bigger problem because the whole idea was for most of the film you don't see. Yeah, Chucky. You just right. see this little scampering thing, or you hear something, which and, in itself is yeah, creepy. Which, yes. which was really creepy until the end, where he's just like screaming at the mom, "You be like," <laughs> he's like because he's trying to throw him in the fire, which <laughs> you know that's a classic horror moment. But uh, yeah, so I think if anything, the selling point of this will be you know the inventive kills or lack thereof, yeah. and I think that's going to make or break this movie yeah. in a lot of yeah. ways. Well, I feel like it had to do that. Like, yeah, it's fun, but also you're not you can't. I was talking about this this morning. You can't make this movie or remake it for today and not involve technology. Like, what yeah. kid, unless you're dealing with a two year old child and you're not going to direct a two year old child as a star of a movie, like, you can't just bring, here's a doll who does nothing yeah. but be a doll and then it's going to be the center focus of this film. Like, you had to either set it in the 80s or 90s. Yeah. Or. You, you, yeah, utilize technology, utilize the Alexas and the smart cars and the, the phones and all this different stuff. And, um, you know, you can only go one way or the other. And so I, I, it made sense they were doing it this way. And it really like, it, it really seems like it can be either completely, totally different from anything they've ever seen or like, or really bad. Here's like, the thing. One, it's going to be one or the other to I, me. I think I agree with you. And, but there's one exception. If they had based it around American Girl dolls, those things are creepy as hell. If you've ever <laughs> yeah. walked through a toy aisle, oh, and you yeah. end up in no, the that's, American that's Girl, real. I'm sure American creepy. Girl dolls were not yeah. going to give up their likeness rights <laughs> They're so to be the center creepy. of a horror movie. And they don't do anything. Yeah. They just stare into your soul. But you kind of got Annabelle doing that, and it's like you got yeah, this like that, that, that little like, here's this And then new Teddy Ruxpin's creepy too, anyway. All right. When, <laughs> when are Furbies going to kill people in movies? They're not creepy anymore, I think. I, I think you guys are in for it when, like, pops start killing people. Do, oh. I, I'm, oh my I don't God. like that. Yeah, you don't like, like that Their arms aren't big enough to do anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they can't move their feet because they'll fall off their base. Yeah. All right. Move a exactly. Bit. Okay, exactly. I think we mind this for There's all. Flaws. We're going to be flaws. fine. We mind this for all it is. We're going <laughs> to wait and see if uh, this new child's play can do something new and inventive. Moving from horror over to action. We got a new trailer for Hobbs and Shaw. I mean, I don't have a lot to say about this, except it just looks balls to the wall. Crazy. It's so yeah, amazing. Crazy, crazy action. You know, going with the Disney Plus thing again. Is this a Fast and Furious killer? 
Why do you do it? I mean, it, it is a <laughs> Fast and Furious. It's my job like, to instigate these questions. Like, it has yeah. Fast and Furious in the title, though, so it's oh, not. I know, but I mean, like, is it I mean like the, the main series. series. I mean, I mean, I, they even go back and even The Rock went back and was like, you want cars? I'm going to give yeah, you a whole I mean, section yeah, of the I don't think it's going to do that, though, cars. because there's only like there's only two movies left. I mean, they're going to make ten, and then yeah. they're done. So like, nine will make enough money to warrant ten. Am I guessing, though, that this one will be better than Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Like, there's no doubt. After that, after the first trailer, I felt that way. This trailer, even more, like, they're... The the whole the way they nail the humor and the banter between these two mm. is awesome, and the new characters well, are adding and in. And are fate that was the they were the best part of fate. Yeah, like them in the prison, like that whole fight sequence was it was awesome, so well choreographed and really funny. So, the yeah. two of them together were awesome. And, and so the whole movie, movie this I I was my, my I was smiling throughout the whole trailer. So, yeah, no, yeah. um, yeah, I think this trailer. The first trailer, I mean, kind of teased what level of crazy action this would be. I mean, this trailer really shows like it running all. on the side of buildings. Yeah, running. All, yeah, <laughs> I mean, flipping cars, his bullet shields, like all that stuff. I mean, but this one showed off some really cool sequences, and not just for Hobbs and Shaw, but for like Vanessa Kirby, who who was in uh, Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation, or was she in Fallout? And places. Uh, oh, she was in Fallout. Oh, yeah. She was the. Uh, she died at the beginning. Was that? Yeah. Right? She was yeah. the son of. Well, no. She was the daughter of the lady from the original yeah. film, The Fence. Anyway, she looks like she is going to be like stepping up to be kind of a great action mm-hmm. heroine or heroine or mm-hmm. could be a femme fatale. We don't yeah. know. She could be a double cross. But yeah, that was unexpected to see her kind of really jump into some really serious sequences. Idris Elba looks awesome in the, some Black of the sequences. Superman. Black Superman. Yeah. <laughs> so the good. humor of the movie is actually surprisingly. <laughs> yeah. Like not cheesy and on point, the well, black, really Superman. black Superman. And they came back. I busted out audibly laughing when they came back later. When he's like, "I'm Black Superman," and I was like, "Okay, that's a little yeah. bit pushing yeah. it, but it's Idris Elba. It's okay." But then when they come back after he does some impressive, <laughs> crazy stuff, and they're driving the rocks, like he really is Black Superman. I was just that had me. I was it's just funny. busting really out yeah. laughing. I mean. Yeah, we're going to get some Polynesian culture stuff that, or yeah. Samoan culture stuff. Roman Reigns. Yeah, Roman yeah. Reigns, Samoan culture stuff. Oh, that scene where they're driving, he just throws the two yeah. chains down, and they just make a, like, a multi-car chain to bring down this And they're battling people with guns with like these giant cleavers. and like It's all amazing. This, oh, it's so it's yeah. so and, and, like There wasn't one ounce of that like really unnecessary like fake sincerity that you have in the, the Fast and Furious movies. There wasn't like... He went back to his family, and they had fun, and they joked with each other, and like you felt like it was genuine, but there yeah. wasn't any like we're family. Yeah, we're yeah, all the no. we're all the guns. All gonna mom, come oh, back to mom, one point. where's all our guns? Oh, I got rid of them. It's like such yeah, a like, mom uh, thing to yeah, say. It yeah. feels like a real mom without being yeah. like, "Hey, do we have time to have a barbecue <laughs> right now? Do you have Coronas you can bring? We have to have a toast and film it so that this can be a Fast and yeah, Furious movie. Like, yeah. This is missing all of that. Like what makes Fast and Furious kind of boring and like oversaturated now." It, it it takes away all that and replaces it with a lot of fun. Yeah, and I didn't even mind that this was like one of those trailers where it made me feel like I saw the whole movie already. Yeah. Oh yeah, I feel like I know the all three yeah. acts, but you like, don't. Yeah. It doesn't matter. No, it, I got. I want to go see this and like, yeah, just the interaction, like you said, between The Rock and Jason Statham, like in a scene where they're taking two doors. And yeah, that was great. Two completely separate <laughs> yeah. experiences, fighting bad guys in these two doors, like that kind of stuff. This like spy versus spy vibe, like I think is really going to be fun. So I'm really looking forward. I mean, I've been uh, Fast and Furious. I've yeah. I've been into it ever since it went they're, full they're crazy awesome. in yeah, five and Fast yeah. Five. Um, so I'm really looking forward to this one too. So that just moved up on my list. Hobbs and Shaw. Now uh, moving over to action. Back to superheroes. 
Let's talk about, we got to talk about some things that are going on in the uh, X-Men live action universe. It's getting, ooh, that Marvel, that Marvel MCU reboot's looking better and better right about now. So, we got a new uh, Dark Phoenix trailer, which I'll, I'll say this. The Dark Phoenix trailer was the best trailer I've seen yet. Look, Hands down. Looked pretty good. Looked pretty good. Hands down. Still looks like kind of a small movie comparative to like everywhere we are in superhero movies right yeah. now. Compared to when you see an Endgame trailer and then you see... Dark Phoenix. Uh, yeah, yeah, Dark Phoenix. You can just... Yeah, there's a... Like, and that's part movie. of it is the timing. Like, how am I supposed to care about this movie when Avengers Endgame comes out in seven days? It's and like, I know nothing I here's going to matter either in I like can't five get years in, or whatever. I can't get into it because like yeah. there's so many other and things And it also wrong. just looks like... I mean, it just looks kind of like my problem with Apocalypse, which... Days of Future Past was the best X-Men movie, I think, at feeling really cinematic. Mm. Like, it felt like an epic movie, mm-hmm. like, event, like, storyline, you know. It was thrilling, and it felt like it had scope, and, like, big scope, where they're fighting the Sentinels in the future, and yeah. this whole thing in the past, and how it all has to sync up and cut back and forth. X-Men Apocalypse was, like, a really high-financed, you know, penultimate episode of an X-Men TV show season. It and wanted I feel to be like, with Days of Future Past. Yeah, and I and feel like this is the same thing. This feels like more like a really great TV episode or TV movie than a movie. The only thing that seems cinematic about it is the space sequence, and the rest is them just kind of Which fighting really around neighborhoods on Earth. incredibly short. Yeah, exactly. Like, we, oh, yeah. we've seen, ni- I feel like we've seen anyway, 90% of the space Exactly, stuff. yeah. And, like, they're going to cut, and all of a sudden we're back this in New York. This movie's going to be, like, 75% of, of, like, Ty Sheridan being upset. See, I don't mind. Like, that's the most, of that, and then like, but I don't think that's his Charles problem. trying to figure stuff out. Like, that's a lot of problem. that movie is gonna be. See, I'm the exact opposite. I can watch James McAvoy like I can watch put James butter McAvoy. on bread. I don't care. I could do but, that too, but I'm so sick of Xavier Magneto. This yeah, I, don't, movie, I, don't, I feel like I'm not gonna like this version of Xavier in this movie. This franchise just not. doesn't it's, it's realize it has all these other characters. Sheridan Cyclops. Ugh, I'm so ready for that. Yeah, so I mean, it looks all right, but the trailer looks as and in trailer. It looks good. Yeah. And Sophie Turner like looked, looked better good. in this than she ever has. Like, yes. She looked really, yeah. really good I don't want to as Phoenix. On. And I'm like, I'm excited to watch what she does. If, if for nothing else in this movie, I'm excited to watch what she does with Jean Grey because like she kind of got those like those cocky like smirks and like the yeah. she's aware of the evil inside of her moments. And it's like I'm I can really like vibe with that. Like Sansa's had some of that, and I can really I can get excited and get behind that kind of character sure. for her. Yeah, I mean it's not, to it, it looks all right. I'm not I'm not gonna like I said, you're not going to crap on it too much. Yeah. What I might have to crap on is this next one, which is that <laughs> New Mutants. With Dark Phoenix, also, we're still waiting on this New Mutants movie, and now just rumor is that <laughs> no, it's been don't call it. not I even delayed it. again. It just I lost see any it. kind of... It was just scheduled for August. It. We had hope during CinemaCon because it looked like there were dates and promotion yeah. for it. You were so excited. I was. Now we're hearing that it's just no date again, no plans, no official kind of put it out of its plans. misery. <laughs> and it's just like I don't just they have a done they have a finished version. Like they were going to do reshoots. They have a they have a finished thing. <laughs> well, there's a sign of cut because they didn't do reshoots. There were no reshoots. Here's the initial thing that we made, and then they wanted to go make it scarier or whatever the report was. They wanted to change it. Like just just put it wherever what you've got because that trailer was so. So good. Yeah. That was such a good trailer. For the, for the first New Mutants trailer, I guess the only New Mutants trailer that came out. Like, Matt, it looked Matt, awesome. I feel like well, I'm not saying It looked that. awesome. I'm just letting you and, 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 and you can print money with it. Like, it's X-Men. People care about it. You can't now. You can't now. 
You cannot know. even back then. But it would not have if, you, if, yeah, if you, you kept showing it, if you kept showing it as a PG thirteen horror movie, yeah. Think go look at every like there's, studio PG thirteen horror movie. How much money they right now? Superheroes in horror. Especially that was PG-13 true when horror because everyone goes. No, that was either. not horror. That was not horror. No, this but was I'm straight up. You said superheroes are big and horrors. No, big. I'm saying if you just sold it, you would make a fair amount of money because you could appeal to those two right. groups. Have you ever gone to see a PG-13 horror movie in theaters on opening weekend? It is full. I mean, packed full yeah. of teenagers. teenagers yeah. They all go to see it with their little girlfriends and little boyfriends. They're all like, "Oh, let's go see this horror movie." These big groups and gaggles of children go see like. Whatever spinoff is day, happening, yeah, you know, they all like go see Conjuring these movies, movies. Like, yeah. and they talk through them, and it sucks. But the movies <laughs> make money, and so if New Mutants is sold as this horror movie, like the first trailer showed, you're going to get all these kids for that, and then all of us that care about the X Men are going to go see it too. And like, you had an opportunity to sell to two very big markets at one time, and they completely and connect it. them, lead into a connection that like would have connected them together, which would have been really cool, which was speculated when the movie was first coming out that New Mutants would end with them getting out of this institute and being like recruited and, yeah. be, and set up their future as future X-Men and stuff. Yeah. Now none of that matters. But yeah, I mean, I want to see what was put together. Like there's a lot of good actors. On, on Disney Plus. There's a lot of good young actors care. who are now, I mean, yeah. they probably don't even remember this movie anymore. They're like <laughs> moving on yeah, doing other stuff. Yeah. Um, well, this summer you have yeah. you have Game of Thrones final season and Stranger Things coming out, and two of those stars are in this movie. It's like what what, what better time to put it out and just get it out there if you're going to get eyes on it exactly. than have I'm Arya just, Stark and whatever his name is in Stranger Charlie Things. Doesn't really matter. Is, Whenever yeah. we get the inevitable, like here's the report of how what went wrong with this, the unredacted report of what went. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really interested to see why they didn't put it out. Like, I'm more interested yeah. in just the why they didn't put it out somewhere on yeah, any exactly. one of their things. The mutant report. I'm, yeah, and yeah, I feel like this is going to be one of those, I mean, this is going to be one of those stories that eventually somebody, like, makes a movie about, like, what went wrong with the last yeah. two X-Men films. Like, 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 basically, what was the one that they made about the uh, the death of Superman lives? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah Which was inanely yeah, cool. interesting, but I'm just. And I'm like, still mad we don't have Superman lives. With, I'm more interested <laughs> in Nicholas the story Cage. behind it than I am the movie, yeah. I want to see. I want to see New Mutants. All right, so it's two to three. Democracy wins again. Let's move (laughs) right along. Uh, Final tragedy for the X Men franchise: The Gifted was canceled. I know a lot of people aren't going to care. A lot of people weren't obviously not invested. (laughs) Yeah, me and Jamie love it. I was invested in The Gifted. I actually stuck with it through both seasons, even though I really didn't like most of season two. I feel like the show had the same problem, which is it felt like they could only afford three sound stages. (laughs) It just spent like an entire season running back and forth between three locations. Walking Dead's the the uh, freaking farm. Like yeah. Was- <laughs> like they were just stuck in like the mutant resistance base, whoever their enemy's base was, and then some third location, like the Morlock tunnels or something. And that's what this was. So it's not surprising. It sucks because the end of season two actually really set up a really great mm-hmm. cliffhanger where basically it looked like we could have anything from like Days of Future Past to Age of Apocalypse being the next season. Blink comes back from this dystopian future when you think she's dead and she says, I, I got to take you. We got to go basically back to the future too. We got to go fix something. Like everybody come through this portal and we were going to get a season three. That oh, was gonna and be, that's where yeah, it ends. Really exciting. Oh, yes. That hurts. Yeah. So that hurts. I, that. Um, I did enjoy The Gifted for I thought it was going to be a lot worse than it was when it first started. It was kind of interesting building this whole thing about Fenris and the Fenris twins and all this other stuff. And there was a possibility of a lot more X-Men lore coming into play as things progressed. And 
So we just lost that one. So that's yeah, yeah, yeah. X X Men are are kind of gone for the foreseeable future in in live action movies. Yeah, and TV we get shows, one more like, season of Legion to save her. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and I mean, been... the, the comics are about to like the X Men come back in a big way with Jonathan Hickman mm-hmm. in the comics. Like that's what we're gonna have to hold on to if we really love the X Men. Like that's what we're gonna have. We basically need until... the comics to like lay out some new mythos that we can yeah. actually. Oh, Hickman's Hickman gonna that. do some weird stuff. Whether you like it or not, guaranteed. Be a total different story, <laughs> but he'll do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, R.I.P. Gifted. We knew you briefly. So long. And that'll do it for that. Now, <laughs> since we got some time left, we are going to run through some quick rants and raves because rants raves. people have been asking for this and asking that we could, like, you know, incorporate some more things, but. Uh, we don't always have time, but today we do, unless I keep talking. So let's You're filibustering your own segment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's get into some uh, rants and raves. All right. So we'll start with me real quick, and I am going to rave about one thing and rant about another. But it's kind of a it's a good rant, but it's still a rant. I'm going to rave about um, Hana on Amazon Prime, oh, the yeah. series. I was a big fan of the movie that came out in the early 2010s. It was like. It was like when I was in the prime of doing movie reviews, and I saw that, and I, it was like Schwarzy or Swarzy or whatever her name is, Ronan, Kate Blanchett, you know, Eric Bana. Mm-hmm. It was a really kind of unique film that framed this assassin story against like a fairy tale. There was all this imagery of fairy tale. And the TV series abandons that kind of allegory to making this about a fairy tale about a girl in the woods and stuff to, for more of a straight-up espionage action type show. But it's really enjoyable. It, has, it reunites uh, Muriel Enos and uh, Joel Kinnaman from the Killing series where they both broke out, yeah. you know. And the one thing this Joel time, good in. Yeah. And this time they're kind of opposite. They're, they're enemies in this one, which is really kind of a fun dynamic to see. Mm-hmm. And the little girl, I forget her name, that it introduces who plays Hana is really good. But it's about a girl who was kind of genetically engineered to be like a soldier assassin. Okay. Um, but her mother wanted her back. It was they recruited babies from mothers who didn't who wanted to give them up. But this one mother wanted hers back, and uh, she turned the guy who kind of recruited her to give up the baby, who was Joel Kinnaman, to get this one baby back. It all goes badly, and he ends up having to raise her in the woods until she's a teenager and hiding from this agency that's looking for them. And of course, the story kicks off when they finally get discovered in the woods and have to go on the run and basically take out the shadowy operation before they get killed. Sounds cool. And it is. It's really cool. Um, And they did, Amazon did a good job of kind of like globing, like going, you know, globe hopping around Europe and giving us different locations and really putting together really thrilling sequences. It's like a, it gives you that 24 feel like, feel like people are going to betray you, you know, crazy stuff's about to happen. There's some great kind of shootouts and action sequences. Joel Kinnaman and this girl are really good in their roles, and so is Muriel Annos about doing the action and handling that and all this stuff. So Hana's like a really good one. If you're looking for something to watch on Prime, check that out. So I'm going to rave about that. I'm going to rant about Happy Season 2. Not because I think Happy is a bad show. I actually really like Happy. I actually It's a must-see for me every week. But, man, I do not know. Like, I, There's just a chain I have with a friend of mine that's just like, I watched this new episode. How can this show keep getting more WTF weird, like week by week? And somehow, Happy Season 2, if you thought Happy Season 1 was weird and intense, like, you ain't seen nothing yet. Just from the first frame of Happy Season 2, 
which involves a bunch of nuns on a rat race to defuse the bomb. Like one of them has to defuse the bomb jackets they're all wearing to survive. Yeah, it goes from there. <laughs> okay, and it just—I don't know how they're getting away with putting this on TV. Like how I guess censors have just loosened up that much. <laughs> well, no one watches sci-fi, so it's, yeah, they don't but care it's just on. like yeah. I mean. Christopher Maloney spilling out a guy's entire intestines onto the floor by accident is just a comedic one-piece scene of it. And there's a guy who's been skinned alive and gets slapped on the ass and threatened sexually. Okay. There's been kids murdered. There's been, like, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff. I don't, I don't like They just that. killed a like whole this. nursing home full of, like, Nazis and brutally murdered old people. Oh, like, geez. it's, like, it's nuts, man. Like, now, you liked Happy Season 1, right? Yeah, I, I mean, and, and I, I like the comic a lot. I yeah. like the Grant Morrison book. And they, Season 1 was kind of, it was fairly close to that. And this, it, this like you said, sounds completely way farther no it goes season one yeah happy season two is going way far so i'm ranting about that but in a good way but but you like it yeah i like it still but it's just like yeah do not do this if you are feeling faint of heart or about to go to sleep like it is not that show to watch make sure you you've got your your stomach and your mind up for it because it is so your children far away yeah and the children (laughs) far far (laughs) so that's it for my rants and raves this week um charlie you want to go first I, I mean, I, I don't I didn't prepare any rants and raves, but I guess I, I know what a rate. Um, Amazon Prime has like slowly become like better and better and more awesome. Uh, Guava Island on Amazon Prime came out this weekend. Uh, it was the, it's a fifty five minute movie starring Donald Glover and Rihanna, and it's got a lot of Childish Gambino music. Like he performs it in the movie, um, and it was uh, directed by one of the main directors of Atlanta and written by Donald Glover's brother Stephen. It is one of my favorite movies of the whole year. Ooh. It's a lot of fun. Um, I really, really love it. So I'll just, I'll just say that so you can have time to say your things. But you know, it's Lava Island. It's crazy because uh, you know Amazon also makes Amazon Music, and they put out good services. You know, just if you want to do that podcast, you got time. Section. You better use right now. You better use it wisely. All right. So this uh, uh, actually really quick uh, because you guys have been so Amazon centric recently. The Tick actually debuted its season two oh, yeah. on Amazon. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. I ended up doing like a binge watch of the first season before, like mm. leading right up to season two. It's a really easy binge. It it really is. Like it's it's genuinely fun. Uh, the actor. I mean, I was a big fan of Patrick Warburton's Tick. Oh yeah. Uh, and then of course the classic animated Tick. Like I I adored those series. So having another person, his his take, and I forget the actor's name, but his take is different. He's the a-holes guy from Guardians. Okay, yes. And yeah. the thing is, this is very much more, this is like an Adam West-ish take mm-hmm. on the character. But it's, like, it's really fun. He's really charming. I like season two better than I like season one. And my, my main thing was the first season had a better villain. The, the terror is the main villain in the first season. Uh, in this one, it's more of like a... It's kind of like a villain by committee thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's all these other plots that are developing, and then kind of towards the end we get like, oh, here's the here's your yeah. main bad. That's not as interesting. But the dynamic between Arthur and Tick is more it's, yeah. it's more engaging, and like Danger Boat is amazing. Uh, so is uh, oh my god, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, He's the one who like kills everybody, and I cannot believe him blanking on his no name. Um, but anyway, it's it's a really good show. I, I really enjoyed the season two, so that's up now, and I think it's all streaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, real quick though, there were some really cool comics that came out this week. Uh, first is War of the Realms number two, uh, which I have to say I go into events, especially like especially Marvel. Well, yeah, Marvel and DC events. I kind of go into with a very low bar. 
because you the last to. yeah you have like to. like Especially the now. the times of you know when I got Civil War and then I got Siege and then I got Secret Invasion kind of House of M back to back to back are kind of gone like now it's like every other one if you're if you're lucky are gonna hit you know uh, if, the, if that if that if Infinity that. Wars I was let down by but War of the Realms I've been surprised I have not read any of the tie-ins except for one but it was so it was like yeah not even really related. So I've just read the first two issues and you can get a lot out of those. And it's, it's actually really good. Like so far it's drawing emotion. The, the premise of like Malekith as a, as a villain, they're actually doing a very good job. Something dark world did not do of showcasing why, like how deadly he can be. It's, it's got emotion in it. Like so far it's been really good. It's really surprised me. Uh, also boom Studios snuck in uh, angels debut uh, with angel number zero. Uh, if you're a fan of the show, uh, you're gonna see like where they made some tweaks and changed some things, but overall, it's very like faithful to Buffy, Angel. Buffy yeah, Angel, right? Buffy right. Angel. Uh, and you'll need to also pick up Buffy number four, which also came out this week, uh, to kind of get the full picture of what's going on there. Uh, but he's springing into his new series; it's very good. Uh, and then Aquaman number forty-seven. Uh, I absolutely adore uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick's, uh kind of different fresh take on the character kind of spinning out of the last big event in DC comics. Uh, this one is, is really different. It, it doesn't involve Mary. It doesn't involve Atlantis. It kind of sets up this whole new mythology uh, f- that surrounds the character. And it's kind of got more of a, a mythological and kind of a mystery at the center of it. And it's just ended. This is the fifth issue of the arc and uh, they'll spring into answering a bunch of questions next time, but as a self-contained story, very good. So uh, big stuff there. Also, uh, Superstar uh, shakeup recently happened at WWE. Uh, there was a lot of things over Raw and SmackDown. Some people moved over. I have a pick. Uh, the big thing that impressed from uh, Connor Casey, our, one of our WWE guys here, uh, he was especially taken with the SmackDown women's division uh, and the Raw tag team division. Uh, those are the biggest winners. They essentially got big boost to their rosters, uh, especially the women's division uh, on SmackDown. Uh, for me, it was the fact that Finn Balor moved over to SmackDown, which I'm team Finn Balor. And then Ember Moon is getting a title shot, it seems, with Becky. And I think that's going to be fantastic. So those are my rant and raves. All right. That'll do it for rants and raves. But before we get out of here this week, I thought we'd read a couple more reviews hey. and just say thank you to you guys for riding with us here at Comic Book Nation. If you want to subscribe to the show, we put up new episodes Wednesdays, Fridays. You can subscribe to an RSS feed, read them on the site. You can go to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and uh, Google Podcasts to subscribe to any one of those, whatever service you use. You can kind of find us online at Twitter on the hashtag ComicBookNation. Uh, we'll give you our Twitter handles in a minute, but I thought I'd read some reviews for the fans who have been with us because these are always great and they make us feel great. And when we read them, you guys get some swag in the form of a comic book t-shirt. So if you hear that your review read, let us know where to send it and we'll get it out to you. First one says, my favorite entertainment podcast by Fardo18. And see if you can't surmise who might be the author of this fond review. I see new movies on Thursday night just so I can listen to these guys first thing the next morning. I feel like I'm sitting in on the conversation that I would have with my friends if I had friends who were into this stuff. Keep it up, please. Oh, and more James Viscardi, please. It was Jim. Yeah. (laughs) Second one. By me, 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 and I. 
This is my one-stop podcast for all info geek-related. It has helped expand my knowledge base beyond the MCU and Star Wars franchises. It even convinced me to go buy a comic book for the first time in years. I enjoy the chemistry between all the hosts. It does make it sound like comicbook.com is an interesting and fun place to work. We make it sound that way. It's also great that they bring in people to talk about anime and WWE, but also get their opinions about other topics on the show, just not their specialty. Keep up the great work. And I like that one because, yes, we go out of our way to try to involve many different people from the staff who specialize in certain areas, but also are knowledgeable about a lot of other stuff. Yeah. And just to show you guys, you know, we... All we do have people who are passionate about this stuff, and we are passionate about a variety of stuff that we cover, and try to offer you things that won't just reinforce what you already like, but open you up, to hopefully, to things that you can discover and like, or come back and yell at us about because we led you down the wrong path. Either way. So, thank you for the great reviews again. If you heard your review and you want some comic book swag, let us know where to send it. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. I'm Kofi Outlaw. You can find me online at Kofi Outlaw. Uh, you can find me at Matt Mueller CB. And I'm at Charlie Ridgely. We'll see you guys next episode. We're out. Deuces.